What's poppin'? Welcome to your health class, the show about helping you lose fat, ditch your comfort zone, and then we're going to change your generation. I'm Trevor, health and nutrition coach, and today we're going to be talking about three different articles, actually not even articles, studies that are going over, we're starting off with cacao and like the extra health benefits there, Parkinson's and your gut health and how those are related, and then the third and final one is going to be big pharma, trying to control the supplement industry. So it's going to be interesting. So let's dive in. And also, I was waiting. (laughs) I was like, is he going to introduce me every time? (laughs) (laughs) Got to keep you on your toes. Courtney's here and she's going to also help me dive into these. Oh, yeah. Before we dive in, cue that intro. I took my turmeric shot this morning, so I'm feeling pretty swell. Yeah. I've been focused on my health. Yeah. I've been tossing hundred dollar bills down with some wells. Limo in the windows, baby. I can't kiss and tell. Passive in my head, but it's not negative. Spewing on your try. Please keep your sentiments, cause I don't need the energy you're giving off my sentiment. Thank you guys for tuning in. And remember, if you like this show, the fee is sharing it one per just with just one person. I mean, really, I listen to a couple different podcasts and some of them have like ads. Every like 10 minutes and it's just like annoying. Oh, yeah. Kind of ruins the whole experience. Or, not the whole experience. I mean, you still get a lot of value out of it. But it's just like, come on, let's like, get. All right, let's skip, 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 skip. skip. <laughs> and then you're in the car and you're like starting an accident. So oh, just because I care about you guys, I don't want you to get an accident on the way to work. We don't put ads in here. <laughs> wow, you're just so thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, share it with one person. That's how the show keeps growing. I appreciate you, but diving into the first article. So this would be the one talking about cacao and coffee or cocoa, really. But it's titled Acute Effects of Brewed Cocoa Consumption on Attention, Motivation to Perform, Cognitive Work, and Feelings of Anxiety, Energy, and Fatigue. A randomized placebo-controlled crossover experiment. Again, with the titles. Yeah, so (laughs) basically what they did is take four groups one that took nothing, then the second group they had cocoa, the third group they had coffee, and then the fourth group they had both coffee and cocoa. And what they did is run them through a bunch of different cognitive tests, compare all these groups together, and they found that the people that had cocoa in particular had less anxiety, they performed better, they had better energy, and all of this was just adding that in and then if you added the cocoa plus the coffee it was like adding extra benefits to the coffee and it's interesting if you look at cocoa because they did look at cocoa that had caffeine and no caffeine they did see benefits in both so we know it's not just from the stimulant content Mm -hmm. in cocoa because there's a couple different stimulants in there but um it's just kind of interesting seeing like how these different foods interact and it kind of brings in the like whole synergy of foods of like combining different foods. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of really can't think of any off the top of my head, but there's lots of um, foods you want to eat together because mm-hmm. one vitamin boosts another vitamin. Yeah. Um, and also in contrast, some vitamins diminish other vitamins, but, but um, I remember reading in the Sean Stevenson book, eat smarter about, the effects of cacao. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow. Like you, you don't expect that that is right. Freaking chocolate. <laughs> is that <laughs> beneficial to you? Of course, don't be picking out on some Hershey's bars, 
but it's all about the quality. Exactly. Well, and that's what. Oh, sorry to interrupt you, but like that's what I did find interesting about this. This is not just cacao that they're seeing these benefits with. It's the cocoa too, mm-hmm. because you're going to have different compounds in both the cacao versus the cocoa. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think I don't think we know the full story on these yet. Like, I think there's still more evidence still to come in the future. Yeah. Because, like, really, if you do something at a high heat versus a low heat, that's the only difference there. Yeah. Or the main difference, at least, is, like, cacao is not roasted as hot as cocoa. But, like, it's going to change the compounds and how they're expressed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like getting roasted. Okay, it's sizzling. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> to see a little explanation there. <laughs> But really, like how that's being expressed is going to be just a little bit different because it brings out different characteristics. So, like, it could be the same food in itself, but roasting something at a higher heat sometimes brings out worse things. And, mm. like, you can think of oils and cooking them right. too hot, it denatures them and makes them more inflammatory. And you're not digesting them as energy <laughs> properly. Just like with olive oil, it's a great oil, but you're mm-hmm. not supposed to cook it at high heat. So yeah. You're supposed to use avocado or coconut. Yeah, those are both way better options. Yeah. But going back to the synergistic part, one that does come to mind, it gets a little bit off what we're talking about here, <laughs> but it's oranges and garlic of all things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it boosts nitrogen oxide, nitrogen oxide in your blood, oh. which is kind of interesting. Huh. It's just because of the compounds there. It's wild. Like yeah. certain combinations, even though disgusting sometimes. Well, no, those combinations, if you were to have, like think of uh, Chinese food. They bring you like oranges after your after your dinner. Like there's a reason for that. Like you would never think of it, but like apparently that's something that they do in traditional culture. I've never had that, but I'll take your word on it. (laughs) I I guess there's a more like I guess you could say authentic Asian restaurant Mm -hmm. I used to go to a lot, and they bring that out. I don't know if that actually probably check if that's actually really part of culture but (laughs) i just gotta figure it's it's a more like traditional style there um not so much like some of the americanized like panda express so i'm sure orange (laughs) chicken is not having the same effect on you (laughs) as having real oranges but it's just like getting back to like you're having real foods and there's like some of these natural pairings that you're having that it they taste amazing first off so this i've ended up making this combination this week after reading this article and oh, like yeah. cacao with an espresso pod just oh. a little bit of stevia in there Ooh. fantastic yeah like i had it on my way up to visiting my parents and i was like wow this is so good <laughs> and then i had keurig coffee on the way back without cacao and mm-hmm. i was just like this sucks <laughs> <laughs> where's the flavor where's the this? flavor <laughs> But this is, but also this is what's so cool is like, this is such an easy way to make your health better and delicious at the same time. Like I, I am not one of those people that believes that health has to be boring. Health has to taste gross. You have to eat chicken, broccoli, rice for all your meals. Like this is such a good example of being able to boost your performance. First off, lower your anxiety, have a better functioning metabolism at the end of the day. And all of that is just from your morning cup of coffee, adding a little cocoa to it. I'm especially intrigued by the anxiety part. Yeah. And that's such a good counter to the fact that oftentimes caffeine and coffee, you know, induce anxiety in people. Mm-hmm. And um, me being anxiety prone, this is something I should definitely add in yeah. all the time. I just 
I want Nespresso pods. <laughs> You've ruined it for me. <laughs> Once you have good coffee, it's really hard to go back. Well, that's the thing is like some people, they respond to caffeine differently. Mm-hmm. And L-theanine and both cacao are cacao or cocoa are both like good examples of way to kind of like take the edge off of that just because they have different compounds in them yeah that's why i like drinking matcha because it has Mm. lots of l-theanine and it's less jitter inducing than actual coffee yeah see i don't find that oh i i love this combo it's just delicious and a good way to start the day but in general like straight caffeine all day long All right, so moving on to the next one, we're going to look at an analysis that looks at the role of gut health in Parkinson's disease. So a lot has come out, especially these last couple of years, of looking at dementia, Parkinson's, like everything about your brain degenerating later um, and linking that to like blood sugar and how your body is not processing the properly. Like they're actually thinking of looking at dementia as type 3 diabetes now, which I think is... A much better analysis. Well, and that link to another um, brain thing, schizophrenia, to the same mm. thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, I don't remember that part. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course, this is this needs to be studied more deeply, mm-hmm. you know, more research on this. But there have been positive results on those who eliminate gluten, wheat products yeah. in Parkinson's just because of the blood sugar effects. Yeah, and it's huge of just, well, it also comes back to the intestinal permeability, mm-hmm. right. and that's really what this goes into, and then the other side of it is autophagy. So first going at the permeability yeah. is things like gluten or high sugar, really just letting your gut get out of control increases the permeability. What ends up happening is your brain has a permeability to it as well. Yeah. So what they're finding is all letting all these things get in your bloodstream. Blood-brain barrier. Mm-hmm. So it's just such an interesting thing to see how all these are connected. Anything related to the gut, I'm just like, all right, let's learn more. Let's learn more. Um, Of course, the science is new, but, you know, in recent years, we've been finding gut health being related to, you can link it to basically anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about the fact that, like you mentioned, the intestinal permeability, allowing things in our bloodstream, the fact that 70 plus percent of our immune systems in our gut, plus the fact that bacteria not only help us digest and yada, 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 but they mm-hmm. also communicate with our brains. Yeah. So there's a few factors there that immediately are going to cause things like this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, if you even look at it, like look at all the melatonin that's produced in there. True. Like getting proper sleep. Having melatonin produced, keeping your sleep cycle on track, this is going to be essential for a healthy brain over the long run. Mm-hmm. So think of like all the years stacking upon each other where things aren't clearing out properly. And a big part of Parkinson's, uh, this article really, or this analysis really dives into it, is not clearing out of the old cells. So mm-hmm. this is called autophagy, or this process of clearing out the old cells where they literally metabolize themselves, they eat themselves. And so this is something triggered in intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. It's triggered in a keto diet because it's a fasting-like state. Mm-hmm. And then another thing I actually learned this week is exercise can trigger autophagy right. as well. So that's why like lifting weights and building up your muscle is so freaking important because it's all these different things that are all going to be working together. Because it's not just one solution. And another thing to keep note of is 
no matter how old you're getting, oh, you're thinking oh, all these years of all these things I've been doing, they're stacking against me. What's the point? It's never too late to start making a change. Yeah. Never. Well, that's what's crazy. It's just like introducing some of these things, like mm-hmm. uh, even lowering the sugar, just working on your gut health helps your permeability, helps the autophagy actually click on. Like that's where you're really going to see, or they've seen it in the studies, especially what they're mentioning in here. Is like that's where people are seeing improvements in Parkinson's. Like obviously, like Parkinson's is very much down the road. Like by the time you get to that point, there's not a whole lot you can do. It's really about prevention. Like that's that's the sad part about it because there's yeah. a lot of damage that's been done to the brain. Yeah. But even then, like they've shown in studies, like even just implementing some of these things, getting some of these mechanisms back on, have shown improvements or at least slowing down that decline. Yeah. Because, I mean, especially the brain, um, neurons, n- neurons <laughs> brain cells do not regenerate in the way that mm-hmm. our skin cells do, our eyeball cells, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, and just like autoimmune disease, once you have autoimmune disease, it's you can't reverse it. Like, mm-hmm. you can't, it, it's what's done is done. However, even if you have these things, you can... Slow the progression, slow the decline. Overall, feel better if you implement these changes. Yeah. Because if you just keep, well, I already have it, so what's the point? You're going to mm-hmm. decline a lot faster than if you had implemented the change. Yeah. So really what this article gets down to is focusing on things that boost autophagy. So this is either an intermittent fasting regimen, um, a fasting regimen in general, um, keto, exercise it's not really mentioned in here but also kind of that's relatively new research coming out so that's just kind of things that go forward like focusing on exercise to keep boosting this sort of stuff but on the other side of that going back to the gut health like really doing things that help fix the leaky gut the intestinal permeability because that's what's driving this at the end of the day or a big driver of this you don't want all this stuff getting up to your brain like yeah things are it's pretty much what's happening, and we kind of went over it earlier. Think of your intestinal walls like a netting, and as they become more permeable, the netting is getting looser and looser, letting more things through. So things that might not necessarily have gotten through when you were healthy and uh, you had a nice, robust gut microbiome, mm-hmm. they're now getting through. So what ends up happening is you're having like full undigested food going through. Oh, yeah. Or toxins that are supposed to be screened out. Bacteria. Yeah, like literally all this stuff is getting where it's not supposed to be. And this is where people are running into problems. So like doing the things to support your gut health, this is going to be like payoff tenfold in the future, if not more. Yeah. And you know what's funny too is that, you know, how fasting is beneficial for this. Um, Mm -hmm. It kind of ties into another thing good for your gut health. I wouldn't consider it fasting, but spacing out your meals so you're not constantly eating um snacking is seen as not great for the gut um because you need to first of all allow your body time off of digesting Mm -hmm. plus you have your migrating motor complex which is the sweeping system that goes the peristalsis peristalsis that um goes through your gut and pushes everything through Mm. because if you have stagnant whether it's in the chyme stage, whether it's in the actual formation of stool stage, if it's stagnant, we know that's not good. We want it out. We don't want it out too quickly, 
but we want it out before it can ferment, before it can, you know, do do whatever it, it does when it's stagnant. You're saying that's kind of where the problem's starting is like your body having too much, it's just staying in one place for too long. So now it's fermenting. That's where you kind of... That's why, in tying to the fermenting, why a lot of the times, um, especially if you've had SIBO, because it's, um, if you had it once, it's very, it has a very high recurrence rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why, for one thing, when you have SIBO, they recommend completely like allow five hours between your meals oh, so that you can fully clear it because as SIBO works with the bacteria and fermenting food, mm. that's where you're getting the diarrhea, the bloating, the gas, the cramps, et cetera, okay. et cetera. Interesting. Yeah. That's where I've always just felt better. Like taking like once a week and just doing a 24 hour fast. Mm-hmm. Cause I noticed that doesn't put a whole lot of stress on my body, but I just feel so refreshed after that. And like mm-hmm. ever since I've been, I've done this bul- last bulking cycle, I haven't been doing that as much, but that's one of the things like over the next couple of weeks, especially as this next training cycle goes down, I can't wait to get back to because it's just such a good way to just, it's not like fasting every day, like super extreme where it puts your body under a bunch of stress and all yeah. that. But this is just like such a great way to just almost like reset your body a little mm-hmm. bit, like let everything clear out and then you're back to normal business. Cause that's when I feel like my gut health is the best is when I actually like give, give myself some time off from food. Yeah. And that's like another, you can achieve a small effect of that by waiting between eating meals. You know, you just need to give your gut a break. <laughs> just one way or another. Give it a break. Give it a break. <laughs> All righty. And now it's time for that last article. Oh, I feel very passionate about this one. All right. This one is another analysis. This one is big pharma wants to put an end to vitamins and supplements. Surprise. So I will admit, like, there's a little bit of bias here just from uh, the person that did this analysis. Like, he owns supplement companies. But, yeah. like, I do have to say, like, I've seen this in industry and, like, what they've tried to impose. Basically, the goal is is what the uh, big pharma companies are pushing for is adding F- FDA approval need to be on all supplements. And they want to classify them as drugs, mm-hmm. which are Rx prescription you know i mean like tylenol you can buy over the counter but you know some of it might be that they want to restrict it to mm-hmm. prescription only and me being someone who has you know got health coach but also background in being in the medical field mm-hmm. and seeing the treatment approach it's wild it's absolutely wild it's no no, no. i mean you have deficient levels, you know, take a supplement. Let me prescribe it for you. Um, or no, 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 supplements aren't going to do anything. Take methotrexate. <laughs> take chemo. Yeah. It's insane. Like it's, this is just like a very slippery slope we're going down because really like, it, I love how they went into the actual safety profile of supplements too. And really showed like, this is not a problem. Like we're, the reason like this is happening is political. It's for money. Like this is not about actually keeping people safe because the safety profile on on uh, supplements is actually extremely high. Mm-hmm. Now you do have to be careful. Like you you talked about before, like making sure like you're getting supplements 
um, that are legit and not like the fake Amazon ones or something like that. Yeah, that's why I don't buy supplements from Amazon because um, even if it's a verified seller, like whatever brand, Pure Encapsulations, mm-hmm. people will create fake ones. And you know what they do? They throw them all in the same basket. Mm-hmm. And then you never know. Oh, am I going to get a real one this time? Oh, am I going to get a fake one? Uh, okay. So yeah. I don't buy it from Amazon. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, on the other side of things, too, is like, yes, there are supplement companies that need to do things better, mm-hmm. like especially things that are containing heavy metals and things like that. <clears throat> Kirkland. <clears throat> Kirkland supplements are bad. <clears throat> uh, vital proteins. <laughs> <laughs> but these are all ways to get better. But nine times out of ten, like getting the proper nutrition in there is going to be huge. And like putting more restrictions restrictions on this this is not something i'm uh not something i'm for yeah and i mean there's of course you know take your own risk with certain supplements i mean vitamin b supplements take too much you're just gonna pee it out it's water soluble take too much vitamin a vitamin e (laughs) i can tell you a little bit about that (laughs) (laughs) um those are fat soluble therefore harder to um get rid of the excess So, you know, there's always a risk, um, but I don't think that, I mean, this is my personal opinion. I don't think you need to go to the doctor to know, can I take this? Should I take this supplement? Because they're going to tell you nine times out of 10, no, you don't need it. Mm-hmm. But while it is a good idea to check to make sure if you're on any medications that nothing interacts, because a supplement that contraindicates with a prescription can be pretty bad i mean like um for example birth control and i think it was st john's wort or something some some um well-known herbal supplement can actually decrease the efficacy of birth control. oh interesting so can melatonin if you take it mm. but yeah anyway yeah so i mean obviously it's a good idea if you have to question it it's a good idea to talk to a professional right but somebody that's in the right frame like somebody that's more natural focused that's focused on helping you get to the root cause. Like that's the thing right there, getting to the root cause of it. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to have a drug deficiency. I'll just tell you that. Like none of these drugs are something you're deficient in, but vitamins, these are something you could be deficient in. (laughs) Like you could have symptoms coming up because you're deficient in vitamins. You're deficient in minerals. And I want to clarify too, that like um, what I mean by you don't need to go to the doctor. I just want to clarify and say that, always ask your doctor if it's okay. Especially if you're on medications. But don't ask your doctor, should I? Because nine times out of 10, they're going to be no, but ask them if it's just okay to do it. Is it safe to take? Am I going to be okay if I take this? Because some supplements like, what am I, like glycinate or or not glycinate, glycine. (laughs) Um, They're going to be like, you don't need it, but sure. It's safe to take. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I don't think doctors are going to say, yeah, you're deficient in glycine. That's not a common. But you do do have some doctors that have actually looked at this research, had that more naturopathic approach, Uh and that are going to help you like look at like what this supplement's actually doing. Because I mean, that's the other side of things is like supplements do use marketing true to push their push their sales. So I think came across like uh, one the other day that were like gummies to speed up your metabolism. (laughs) And it has like a vitamin B and zinc in it. It's like or the apple cider vinegar. Gummies. Oh yeah, it has some apple cider vinegar in there too. And you're just like, it's not doing anything. Like I'm sorry. Like yeah, 
your body needs it, but it also doesn't need all the sugar that's added to it for a freaking vitamin. Yeah, <laughs> don't fall for marketing and use critical thinking. So, like, if you're actually talking to a doctor, reading some of the research, talking to just somebody that knows what they're talking about, like, looked at the supplements and, like, how to dose them, because that goes a long way. I can tell you, just experimenting with myself personally, like, some some supplements you can get away with uh, dosing too high. Others, it's not a good idea. Vitamin A. <laughs> that was my bad. Yeah, those ones can actually, like, too much vitamin A can't kill you. Yeah. All these things in extremes can kill you, but but at the end of the day, like taking the ownership out of people, and especially if you look at what happened during the recent uh, COVID situations, yeah, where it was very clear that like certain supplements, like NAC, had positive effects on it, or like, like vitamin D, or zinc, or all these different things had positive effects, like keeping you healthy. But now we have to get them prescribed by a doctor. Like, Yeah, I can very much see because not everyone wants to have to go to the doctor. I haven't been to the doctor in a little bit. Um, not, I think having to go to the doctor to get this stuff prescribed is going to further exacerbate vitamin deficiencies because people yeah. can't just be like, oh, you know, I need vitamin B12. Let me just go buy vitamin, buy vitamin B12. No, you have to go. And then the most common way for a delivery for that is a, a B12 injection. I have to go and get my B12 injection or whatever. I mean, yeah. and where are we drawing the line on supplements? Do I need to go to the doctor to take collagen? Like what? Well, also the other problem that I could see with this, and I think it talks about it a little bit here as well. Oh, this article or the other problem that this article goes into is that uh, big pharma companies are actually buying up a lot of the major supplement companies. Yes, that's the next point. You think, oh, these are vitamins. Great. Awesome. And then you see, oh, Pfizer owns these, yeah. this brand. Everything. Everything you can think of is owned by a larger corporation, mm -hmm. pretty much. You think, oh, I'm getting... I, I just because I'm a female, I like to link it back to makeup. Oh, L'Oreal and whatever brand—they're different. They're once Prestige, once Drugstore. They're owned by the same company. <laughs> yeah. So, really getting back to it at the end of the day is where are they making the most money? That's uh, that's kind of how I look at it. Like, really, the goal there is to make money. So, at what point is it stop being in our best interest? So. They're both pushing the vitamins and the natural approach now and the drugs like going down a slippery slope. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. When have they ever had our best interest in mind? It just keeps getting worse. I mean, if you look at the whole medical system, but man, we do not have time to talk about the whole medical system. So guys, like this is one's more just get you guys thinking about like what's going on, keeping you aware. Um, hopefully, I mean, it's, Things keep going this way. We might need to all speak up about it because this is not what we want. <laughs> this is the last thing we want. Oh, yeah. But let me know what you guys think. Like, head us up on Instagram. Like, what are your thoughts on all this? Like, especially this big pharma one. This one's pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Scary. <laughs> but remember, at the end of the day, it's about losing fat, getting outside that comfort zone. So that way we can change our generation and sometimes... The best change is no change in this case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you next time. And in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.
In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.